episode 884. Aaron Rodgers is back. According to Rodgers himself, he's been medically cleared to play, and we'll discuss the upcoming game with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're taking a look at Aaron Rodgers as he announces his return to the football field. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com as we are as we are every Wednesday during the season. Nathan, how are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. We're glad to have you back on the show. And and, and Nathan, I, I got a lead with Aaron Rodgers here. We obviously don't have a lot to discuss, uh, seeing as he hasn't been on the football field here much in 2017, or at least not in in months um but is there anything we can learn from the last time Aaron Rodgers played the Panthers back uh two seasons ago in 2015 not all that long ago is is the personnel the same what what can you tell us I think the most notable thing from that game is Rodgers looked a lot better when he was not blitzed compared to when he was blitzed uh the Panthers blitzed 20 times in that game and that resulted in five sacks an interception, five more incomplete passes, where when he wasn't blitzed, he was able to throw for 270 yards at 96.4 passer rating, which uh, considering how good that defense is, those numbers are pretty good. So um, the Packers need to do a better job handling the blitz. And then one note with the Panthers is as time has gone on over these past seven years or so, uh, they've been blitzing more and more often. So, uh, they're probably going to blitz even more in this game than they did two years ago. They're one of the teams that blitzes the most this year. And Rodgers, um, over the course of his career, uh, there were times where he was even better when he was blitzed compared to when he wasn't blitzed. But over these last couple years, uh, he's come down to earth a little bit when blitzed. So even though that was just a one-game sample where he was blitzed and it didn't go well um, over the last couple years, um, even though he's still better than most quarterbacks in the blitz, he still hasn't been as good as he was earlier in his career there. Yeah, you can imagine that the Panthers will want to put some pressure on him just knowing that he's coming off an injury, want to put some doubt in his mind. I could definitely see that happening. So it's going to be an important game for the offensive line. Um, Nathan, is this if let me phrase it this way. If this is the end of Brett Hundley's reign as starting quarterback, can we take a look back at his time and how he's done since taking over for Rodgers? I felt like Hundley confirmed a lot of what we probably thought coming into his uh, starting to get playing time. Um, when he's put in a good situation, uh, he's able to make some good things happen, and that was true in this past game as well able to make a lot of uh, shorter passes that went for first downs that kept the Packers in the game and then was able to help uh, pull out the win in the end. But uh, when he's not been pressured this year, he's completing 75% of his passes, averaging 7.2 yards per attempt, which are all decent numbers. Uh, The problem has come when he's under pressure 
Uh, for one, he's taken too many sacks, which isn't something that um, we saw as much of earlier in his career in college and then preseason. But um, he is averaging just 3.5 yards per attempt when under pressure, which isn't that good. So um, I think the biggest surprise up with him is we knew he could run, but he was really good running uh, in his time. Uh, he averaged 0.18 defenders missing tackles on him for carry, which is tied for the best among quarterbacks. Um, the percentage of time he wasn't brought down on first contact um, is right up there with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Uh, Watson's the only quarterback this season to average more yards per carry on his runs. So um, I don't know if any team over this next year or two is going to be rushing to try getting Hundley from the Packers to be their starting quarterback but I think he's definitely solidified himself as one of the better backups in the league. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's a good runner for sure, and he can keep the Packers' offense in rhythm on his short throws. He just doesn't take any pressure off himself by not being able to push the ball down the field all that well. Um, mm -hmm. Nathan, I, I want to look at several players in the secondary here. I think there's a couple storylines this week, obviously overshadowed by Aaron Rodgers. But but starting with Demarius Randall, who received some attention for getting into a social media war of words with Browns wide receiver Josh Gordon, can you give us the breakdown of how Randall did against Gordon this past Sunday? Uh, sure. Randall was the primary man in coverage on three targets in the game. All three of them were against Gordon. Um, one of them, he did a good job in coverage, preventing Gordon from catching the ball. Um, another one, Gordon was able to make a 13-yard catch. And then the third one, uh, Randall didn't have the best coverage, but Kaiser underthrew it, so it didn't really matter too much. So um, for 31 coverage snaps, only having two plays that you could consider bad, and neither of them being huge mistakes, just minor ones. Um, I'd say that was a good game out of Randall in coverage. And then in the run game, he also had a tackle for a loss in there and nothing bad in the run game as well. So uh, overall, he played well in coverage and in the run game. So I'd say this was uh, one of his top three games of the season going along with two of the other recent ones. Elsewhere at the cornerback position, Nathan, I, I was surprised Devon House played this past Sunday given his shoulder injury. And to my eyes, he didn't look 100% even before he left the game this past week. How did he grade out against the Browns? Uh, starting with his stats, he allowed five catches for 98 yards in the game, which uh, that in itself doesn't sound good, especially when you consider he didn't play the entire game. But it wasn't quite as bad as those numbers sound. Um, one of those catches was just for a short game. He was able to make the tackle, so that was actually a good play out of him rather than a bad one. Um, another two of those catches, uh, they were really more good plays by the receiver than they were bad plays by House. Um, House didn't do great on them, but um, at the receivers didn't do as good as they did. They might not have come down with the catch. So um, He also had uh, some good coverage on the play where HaHa Clinton-Dinks had the interception. So um, overall, it was a below-average performance out of him, but I don't think it was terrible in the time that he was playing. All right, Nathan. So, so given these injuries to House and Kevin King, among others, it, it looks like Josh Hawkins will be taking on a bigger role for the foreseeable future. Can we take a look at what he's done the season as a whole and, and kind of apply it to maybe what what he's facing here? Sure. I'll start with the good in that he has five pass breakups 
five PFF numbers so far this year, which is the most for any Packers defensive player, which is uh, pretty impressive considering there's been a number of players who have had more playing time than him so far. Um, how far? Uh, however, when he's not breaking up passes, he is usually allowing catches. Um, over the four, uh, out of the four cornerbacks who have the most snaps on the team. Uh, he's allowed the highest catch rate. He's allowed two-thirds of passes thrown his way to be caught. Um, his yards per uh, pass allowed aren't the highest. That's just 11.2 yards. So uh, he isn't allowing big plays, but when he's not getting a pass breakup, uh, he is typically allowing a short game for a first down. Um, it is also uh, worth noting he has been playing well against the run, which has actually been true of all the Packers cornerbacks this year. So, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that other position coaches emphasize this year uh, since all of them have been looking good there. So um, even though the Packers are better off that their starters were healthy, I don't think it's going to be a huge drop-off in play having Hawkins in there. We're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Nathan, Clay Matthews was one of the heroes in the Browns game, coming up with a hit on Deshaun Kaiser as he released the ball in overtime. And maybe I'm being hard on him here, but but I thought there were quite a few occasions where he was a non-factor in that game. How can we sum up his performance? I thought Matthews had a good game overall. Um, Over the course of the game, he had a sack, two hits, and two hurries. Um, so throughout the game, he had five total pressures, which is tied for the most that he's had this season. Um, the last hit was memorable uh, because when it occurred, but I think some of the plays that he had early in the game were probably even a little more impressive if you take out of uh, the context of when the play occurred. Um, he also had some nice plays in the run game. They weren't plays where he was making a tackle, but there were plays where he was either able to force a cut or at least uh, shrink the gap that the running back was trying to run through. So um, he was still playing well in the run game, even though he wasn't getting a high tackle number. So I think it's really been a while since we've seen Matthews take over a game, but he's he's consistently making a couple plays each game and doing a little bit more of the dirty work that's helping some of the defensive linemen or linebackers able to finish off some of the plays. Fair enough. That's that's good to hear, and I'm glad Clay Matthews is making an impact. He certainly wasn't part of the problem uh, on this past Sunday. Uh, Nathan, an, another player I'm not sure we talked about yet this year is Ahmad Brooks, another outside linebacker. And, and I think the timing is appropriate to do so now with Nick Perry out, or at least he was this past Sunday, and Brooks playing a bigger role. How has he done in 2017? I think he's been about as good as we could have expected him to be coming into this season. Um, his strength this past couple years has been in the run game, and uh, he's having one of his better seasons of his career there this year. Um, he's only made six stops, but he's been making um, a lot of plays uh, in the run game that have helped the defensive linemen and uh, Martinez make all the stops that they've been making this season. Um, there's been a number of plays where he's either able to force a cut, uh, force the running back to uh, go into a different gap, and then in other plays, a couple of plays that were noteworthy throughout the season where uh, the offense has a pull blocker, he's able to disrupt that pull blocker, so uh, the blocker is not able to get to the player he's supposed to get to, so that frees up a defensive player to uh, end up making the tackle. So uh, he's been doing fairly good in the run game this year. 
Um, as a pass rusher, he, he hasn't been good there the past couple of years, and this year has been no different. Um, on a per-play basis, he's been among the lowest at getting pressures for three, four outside linebackers. But uh, his play against the run has helped make up for the lack of pass rush, and uh, we have the film of how he's done the past few years. So I think he's been right where the Packers would hope that he would be this season. All right, Nathan, let's take a look ahead to the game on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, everybody would be interested in Aaron Rodgers, but if we were to watch one other thing in this game, what what's the matchup to watch for on Sunday when the Packers travel to Carolina? I would say when the Panthers are on offense, uh, see what the Panthers do with Christian McCaffrey and how the Packers decide to handle it. Uh, McCaffrey has been the Panthers' best offensive weapon all season. Uh, they haven't had as much production out of their wide receivers. Greg Olson still... Uh, slowly coming back from his injury, but McCaffrey's been the one that's consistently doing well. Um, a lot of the times he's lining up in the slot uh, more than most running backs do. Um, he's been thrown at 80 times this season, which is the second most for running backs. Um, if I had to take a guess, I'd say Morgan Burnett will have to deal with him the most, although I'm guessing it'll kind of be a team effort and based on what play the Packers decide to run and then where McCaffrey ends up lining up. But uh, Burnett hasn't been quite as good uh, since he has returned from injury compared to uh, how he was shining in September. So um, this is a game where hopefully uh, Morgan is able to go back to his earlier season form, and uh, that would be a big help shutting down the Panthers' offense. I agree. Nathan, thanks so much for your analysis. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, thanks for joining in this uh, joining us this morning, and I'm uh, excited to break down Aaron Rodgers' performance this upcoming week. No problem. Enjoy the rest of your week. All right. Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And by the way, Railbird Central is brought to you by B-Rock Madison's forthcoming craft beer bar opening in the spring of 2018. Hope to see you there. I want to see you there and excited to see you there um, in the very near future. But let's talk Packers news here. Aaron Rodgers is back. After hours and days of speculation, Rodgers made it official when he took to Instagram to announce that he's been medically cleared to play on Tuesday night. Um, This ended a period of uncertainty during which there was, you know, apparently frank discussion of Rodgers' health and, and whether it was even appropriate for him to return. Uh, head coach Mike McCarthy said as recently as Monday that Rodgers' potential return at that time was in the evaluation stage and that the team's doctor, Pat McKenzie, would be part of the discussion. And we know now how much attention Dr. McKenzie received in the wake in the, of the release of tight end Martellus Bennett. You know, there was so much talk of how conservative the Packers' medical staff was that, you know, Packer Nation uh, legitimately wondered whether Rodgers would be cleared even though he was eligible to return. Uh, But anyway, this news came on the eve of the Packers' first day of practice this week in preparation for the Carolina Panthers in Week 15. 
and I probably don't need to tell you the stakes. <laughs> the Packers likely have to win out to make the playoffs. Maybe that's not mathematically true, uh, but that's the likelihood. Uh, the Packers have already won their last two games, and the majority belief is that Rodgers is more capable of winning these last three games of the season than Brett Hundley, e- even if he did do the job of keeping the Packers alive and afloat. Uh, the Packers were in this situation just last season when they had to win their final five games to even make the playoffs and got as far as the NFC Championship game with Aaron Rodgers leading them. They were also in a similar situation with Rodgers coming back from injury back in 2013 when he returned to win the final regular season game of the season, uh, winning the NFC North in the process and qualified the team for the playoffs, coming off his first broken collarbone. Uh, the the unfortunate ending, though, in, in both 2013 and 2016, however, is that the Packers ended up eventually losing in the playoffs. Um, but right now, the Packers' streak of even qualifying for their ninth straight playoff appearance uh, is in jeopardy. And it's looking a whole lot better with Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, back under center. So the stage is set. Um, You you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is very capable of playing at a very high level these last three games. Obviously, if the Packers were to lose the Panthers game, it might render the final two games meaningless. Uh, Again, maybe not mathematically. Um, but it might, you know, put the team uh, in kind of a downward spiral should they lose. But uh, anyway, at least for Sunday, I I think Aaron Rodgers comes comes out guns a blazing. Uh, you know, I think the situation is a whole lot better than say compared to 2014. That was the year where Aaron Rodgers suffered the calf injury and his mobility was so impaired, and the offense had to kind of you know, uh, negotiate that, you know, they had to create a game plan to account for that. And that's not going to be the case. I, I, the only thing that the Packers are really not going to want to do is just expose Rogers to a big hit. Uh, but I mean, they never want to do that. So I don't think a whole lot is going to change. Aaron Rodgers might have to be slightly more conservative in that he might not be able to take chances, you know, to stand in the pocket and take a big hit. He may have to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. But other than that, I think the Packers offense is going to look pretty much the same as it was at the beginning of the season when Aaron Rodgers was starting and he was healthy or any other year when he's been healthy. So uh, I, I expect him to go out there and throw a lot. Um, you know, I mean, certainly it helps when the Packers have a good running game and and they've had a pretty good running game with these rookies here. Um, and and they'll try to, you know, ride that as much as possible. Uh, but you know, this is a good team with a winning record on the road and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to make some plays in this game if the Packers are going to win. And and I think he's capable of it. Uh, of course I'm going to wait till, till Sunday to make my prediction, but um, there you go. Like I said, the stage is set. But in other comparatively insignificant news, 
Um, other things going on in the world of the Green Bay Packers this week. Max McCaffrey will no longer be with the team. Uh, the 49ers are signing him off the Packers practice squad, and he'll be joining their 53-man roster. And, and let me just say that good for Max McCaffrey. Uh, as much as I like what he's shown with the Packers in the preseason and you know, getting promoted to the 53-man roster last year, late last year, you know, right now, or, or you know, in the recent past here, he, he was buried on the depth chart in Green Bay. There were already seven wide receivers on the 53-man roster with rookie Michael Clark recently being promoted. And, and not only that, there was still another wide receiver along with McCaffrey on the practice squad, that being rookie D'Angelo Yancey. So McCaffrey gets to go somewhere well where he'll potentially play and at the very least receive a significant raise. But, the, you know, the, the timing of this news, however, was notable in that this was the week that the Packers are set to face Christian McCaffrey, his brother, and the Carolina Panthers. So that ends a potential family reunion, uh, which is unfortunate, I guess. It's it's not the biggest travesty the world's ever seen, but uh, uh, that would have been a, a footnote here in this game uh, this upcoming Sunday. So too bad that didn't happen, uh, but good for Max McCaffrey to, to get a chance uh, on a 53-man roster somewhere because it wasn't going to happen in Green Bay. You know, maybe they brought him back for another try at it, another go at it next season. Uh, but uh, I suppose that could still be in the cards, even if he does play for the 49ers. We shall see. Um, uh, just a brief note here. You know, we talked about uh, Devon House's injury, just kind of glossed it over more or less in our interview with Nathan Yonke. Uh, but I guess I should kind of tell you what happened here um uh, Devon House it was uh, reported on Monday by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network that the Packers cornerback has a transverse process fracture in his back and of course we knew he came into this past Sunday's game with a shoulder injury um, and you saw him when he, when he fell to the ground this past week, he was kind of, well, you thought, well, is it his shoulder? But he was clutching his back. And so he ends up having a fracture in his back, although it's perhaps maybe not as bad as it appears. Uh, Ian Rappaport, uh, in his tweet, uh, in which he gave the news, uh, said that players typically come back in a week or two from this injury. So we're probably seeing Devon House miss at least this week's game. So I wouldn't expect him to see see him at practice uh, today on Wednesday or any time this week in, in preparation for the, the Carolina Panthers. But who knows, he could be back as soon as the following week uh, against the Vikings or perhaps even the regular season finale. Uh, nothing is guaranteed, I suppose, uh, but it's typically not a season-ending type of injury. But just to tell you exactly what it is and where things stand, uh, that's what we know right now, and uh, that's where we are uh, here as we enter Week 15. Uh, a couple more notes, uh, not really 
you know, news per se. Just uh, a couple of Packers have been nominated for weekly awards by the NFL. Um, and one of them is running back Jamal Williams, who's been nominated for the league's rookie of the week. And in this coming off uh, just the previous week, uh, when he actually won the NFL's ground player of the week. Uh, so he, he's been no stranger to these weekly awards, and he's nominated for yet another one. Uh, sometime on Thursday, I believe, is when they announce the winner, and you can vote right up until they announce it. It's all done online. It's all determined by fan voting. So go to NFL.com if you want to vote for Jamal Williams for his performance against the Browns. I know he had over 100 you know, combined uh, all-purpose yards in the game. Uh, he scored two touchdowns and played really well. Um, so, you know, uh, he's deserving of the award as much as anyone. And then there is Devontae Adams, who was nominated for the NFL's Clutch Player of the Week. Uh, that award uh, for his, you know, touchdown in overtime, racing to the end zone to put up the winning six points on the board on the pass from Brett Hundley. Uh, that, of course, was a good play. And uh, it was just two weeks ago uh, that Aaron Jones won the award, the same award, for his overtime touchdown that he scored. So a uh, couple of Packers could be, you know, in, in similar situations or, you know, could win the same award here in 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 consecutive weeks. So, uh, that prospect is pretty cool. Uh, so again, go vote for that NFL.com. Uh, I think that award given out on Friday, maybe, uh, you might have an extra day to vote on that one. Um, but go ahead and do it. And we're moving on the day ahead without a doubt. The attention on Wednesday will be on Aaron Rodgers. He and the Packers hit the practice field for the first time this week as they begin preparations for the Carolina Panthers in the afternoon. Uh, Before practice, head coach Mike McCarthy will hold his usual press conference. So if you're expecting to get some comments from the coach on how Rodgers looked in practice, you're probably not going to get that because the press conference takes place before the practice. Uh, But there will be some player availability to the media after practice, and and presumably Rodgers will talk to the media, so he'll be able to share some thoughts himself, and and that'll take place Wednesday afternoon sometime. You know, I don't have an exact time, kind of flexible a little bit, uh, but you can, you know, kind of set aside a, a window as to when it will happen and follow social media, and you can see it take place more or less live, and then they'll post all the information online afterwards. And then, of course, the Packers will also release their first injury report of the week Wednesday afternoon after practice sometime. We have no exact time, but we know it happens, you know, in this little window on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm very sure, will be listed on the report just because he's coming off this injury whether he'll be limited or full, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, other players we're looking at this week, I'm sure we're looking at Devon House being out for practice and that did not practice category. Uh, that's my prediction. Um, 
and uh, we'll see how Nick Perry is too. It, it would certainly be nice if he was out there and healthy after missing this past week's game. Um, so uh, it would be really nice to see how he's doing this week, and we'll expect that Wednesday afternoon. On Wednesday evening, it's the talk show circuit, and uh, it's the De- it's Demarius Randall's turn to host the Demarius Randall show on WDUZ Radio. Uh, that happens from six six to seven p.m. Um, you can hear it on both the AM and FM dials. But if you don't happen to live in Green Bay or the surrounding area, you you can also stream it online. Um, it happens live at the Green Bay Distillery. And I think this is notable because you'll be able to hear from the Packer cornerback himself after the, like I said, the war of words happened on social media between Demarius Randall and Josh Gordon. The Packers cornerback doing a pretty darn good job, uh, you know, not just last week, but the last several weeks, bouncing back from his benching earlier this season, been really playing well. Hopefully that continues and you'll be able to hear the Packers cornerback talk about it on Wednesday evening. So there you go. That's going to do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you to Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com for being our guest, as he is every Wednesday during the season. Uh, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you, folks. Uh, on behalf of everyone at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caravu. Uh, enjoy, uh, bask in the Aaron Rodgers glory here, <laughs> and the and the fact that he is returning. Uh, that is exciting, and should at the very least make this week's game against the Carolina Panthers a whole lot more interesting. We'll preview that game more in depth on the uh, upcoming episode here on Friday. Uh, We already got a guest lined up. It's going to be Greg Peterson. We're going to talk about him from a gambling perspective about what's happening in this upcoming game against the Panthers. So looking forward to that. Uh, We'll see you later, folks. Have a good Wednesday. We'll talk to you just two more days from now. I leave you today with a song called Betray the Dark by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. Go, pack, go. Go.